Hello, and welcome to Team Franco Bodybuilding Podcast. We are on episode number 56, and today we're going to talk about longevity in bodybuilding. It could be a career in bodybuilding, or how do you keep it going for years and years and years. And I'm going to outline a, a few notes that I made on workouts, diet, life stuff, and today's world of social media and discuss each one and at least what my opinion is, what I think is the best approach so you can endure and enjoy and be happy with a career in bodybuilding. Now again, let me just backpedal. When I say bodybuilding, I'm including all the categories. Uh, That is if you're a competitor, from bikini to men's physique to figure to bodybuilding classic, so on and so forth. And even taking it a step further, if you are not a competitor, you can still enjoy longevity in bodybuilding. Because bodybuilding to me is building your body. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to compete to have a career in it or enjoy the longevity. Bodybuilding is a way of life. Let's put it that way. So I can rename this, you know, longevity, way of life in bodybuilding and how to keep it going and, you know, have success. So I don't like giving myself or making myself as a the example, but I will in this case because, you know, I still am reluctant to say my age, <laughs> uh, but I started weight training as a teenager, you know, like maybe 13, 14, you know, not seriously, off and on, got more serious, you know, I guess when my baseball career was done, competed, and that was 30 years ago there, you know, so I've been weight training, considering myself a bodybuilder for well over 30 years now, and I think I've seen a lot of, uh, ups and downs myself personally. So a lot of this is anecdotal, which can help translate to you. So if you were a listener and, you know, you might be struggling, you know, with your diet, with your workouts, with life stuff or why you're doing this, you know, hopefully I'm going to bring some light, you know, to encourage you to keep on going. So bear with me on that. So the first and foremost thing, uh, I mean, there's there's no really you know most important, but you know you know because sometimes you see lists, you know the top five. Well, these few things I'm going to talk about, you know maybe the workouts are most important or may, maybe need to be most addressed for you to have the longevity in bodybuilding or maybe the diet. So I'm just going to go down the list. I'm not going to say one is more important than the other. Because you as a listener may have, you know, one that is or one that's struggling a little bit more. So workouts, you know, exercise, right? What I When I teach my clients and we go over through exercise splits and what works for you, what may not work for you, the, the first and foremost thing when it comes to training is being happy, is actually enjoying going to the gym. You know, enjoying the workouts, you're looking forward to going to the gym to do that training split that you are prescribed or that you're following. 
you know, I'm not going to say one split is better than another. I mean, obviously, depending on your fitness level and where you are in your bodybuilding career. And I did a whole podcast, you know, on this about, you know, what's the most optimal split for you. So you can research that. But if you're doing a full body split, a bro split where you train each muscle group one time a week or something in between or, you know, powerlifting split, or if you add a little bit more hit type training or whatever the case may be, you know, even CrossFit, if you're happy, you're going to stick with it, right? I mean, why force a type of training on you when you don't have to? You know, sometimes people will always look for that holy grail when it comes to training and they're not happy. They'll jump ship, meaning they'll jump and like, oh, I'll try this one. Oh, it's been two weeks and nothing worked, so I got to try something new. No. Or if you're working with a coach and they have you, you you trust that coach and you follow the split. But if you don't feel like you're grooving to it, you need to speak up and tell them why, you know, like, don't be afraid. It's the same idea. Don't be afraid to change your split, but you need to be happy to stick with it. Because, again, I've done podcasts about training and how to get better being happy with the particular workout that you're doing, you're going to have more progress than doing something that you're miserable about doing. You know, obviously progress comes and I'm not going to get into the details. Again, I probably talked about this before, but progress comes from increasing volume, increasing intensity, and you're going to see that in your physique when you change. And you can get those results from doing a full body. I've seen it. If you can only work out three days a week, you can do a full body Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as long as you have the intensity, you're adding in the volume, and if you enjoy it, you're happy with it, you're going to make progress. Same thing, bro bro split. (laughs) I mean, if you want to do one muscle group and do three or four exercises per day and spread it out, if it fits your lifestyle and you're happy and you are making progress, getting stronger and seeing physical changes, then go for it. Now, me personally, I like something in between. You know, I did a whole podcast about four-day splits being my favorite. And if you were a listener that you would have caught on that, I'm now doing the push-pull and still loving it. You know, that's my update on that. I'm still enjoying it for the last uh, at least three months and uh, excited. So me being excited about my workouts makes the lifestyle longevity continue on even at my age. So enjoying your training is super, super key. And don't go fishing for routines that you think are best and always changing it up. You need to write it out and you need to enjoy it. So that's, to me, how you're going to have the longevity in the bodybuilding world by enjoying your workouts and obviously having practice. uh, I'm sorry, having progress. All right, so we're going to move on to the diet. And this falls into lifestyle a little bit, but diet, now that's a tricky one because when it comes, you need to find, and this is is the one problem if you are a competitor or if you're someone that's trying to reach a goal and you reach that goal and then you don't know what to do afterwards. Again, I've I've done podcasts on this way back when and there are a few of my most listened to where, as you know, I'm a fan of flexible diet, having some type of balance, you know, obviously push it when it's needed. You know, if you're so many weeks to months out, I'm not, you know, and then when you come off to me, 
is equally important how you go into your diet. So in other words, how you prep is equally important to how you come out. Now, how you come out of your diet is a reflection of how you prepped. So if you're going for a weight loss goal or being on the stage, you need that balance and flexibility that's going to allow the sustainableness, if that's even a word, into the diet, holding it. So therefore, when you come out, you're not going to have a blowout. You're not going to lose control and gain 20 pounds in two weeks. I am proud of saying that my clients rarely go through this, you know, unless they're not listening to me or they go totally bro to make it easier for them, at least in their head. But and then they may rebound a little bit. But majority of my clients have embraced my philosophy of flexible dieting, eating what you like, not being afraid to eat certain foods because it doesn't really matter at the end unless you have allergies or some kind of issue where that's going to make so much of a world of a difference when you come out. So how does this tie into longevity? Well, a lot of times when people do a prep, they'll do anything for three to four months, do something drastic, follow the coach's lead, and then they'll have a terrible rebound and fuck it all up. And they're like, you know what? I can never do this again. And the reason why is because that they think the approach to their prep was the only way to look great, and they say you they look great, but then it's a mess afterwards. So it's that mental approach that matters for diet, and it's also the approach of doing something sustainable that you know you're not going to mess yourself up after you compete. That is my point when it comes to diet and having longevity. Because take the one person, like a, a typical client of mine, They'll diet, they can be flexible, we may have a free meal, they'll look great on stage, and then when they're done competing or they're done reaching their goal, they're not craving all those foods. Foods doesn't doesn't necessarily excite them. So they're, you know, yeah, we're gonna have the typical little blowout meal, but in a few days, you know, calories are back up, you're eating more of the same food or adding in things that maybe you took out, but it's not gonna be a full blown out blowout where you're going to be discouraged over the process that you just went through to look great. So that is longevity to me because that person is then is going to want to do it again because you know what? I look so good at this one particular show. I reached my goal. I know I got to do some maintenance and come off and find a surplus. But they're excited to keep on going about evolution whereas the other person not so much. Um, I mean, I've been fed clients from other coaches that do drastic things. They will look great, but then they're a mess afterwards and they feel lost with their diet. So that is something that you want to consider if you're a newbie to this and want to compete, or maybe you did compete a couple times and you're feeling down because you just don't have that sustainability in the diet. That's something where I can help. Now, what also ties into diet is what I call happy weight. You know, what should your happy weight be? And everyone's different. Again, I did a podcast saying that, yeah, you can be anywhere, you know, I forgot which podcast it was, but I, it was a two-part version. And the second one, I went over a greater detail, you know, what body, not body fat percentage, but how much percentage of extra weight should you be carrying after you compete? 
And again, anecdotal through all my years of working with people, I came up with a number anywhere between 5 to 15%, and maybe a little bit closer to 8 to 12%. So if you were a 100-pound competitor, so you figure anywhere between 105 pounds to 115 pounds. If you were a 200-pound competitor, again, it could be anywhere from 210 to 230 is where you want to be. Now, that's a guideline, you know, for those that I don't work with. Now, obviously, there's outliers where some can be a little bit more, some a little less. But the point that I'm driving at is that you want to be happy with the way that you look. You want to be looking the best that you can so you are still performing well in the gym, making progress, but not suffering. Do you understand? So, again, that's an issue that you'll see people that are just too damn lean all year round. And that has its negative effects. Yeah, there are those who are what I call macronators. I can eat a ton. It's hard for them to gain weight. That's that's the other end of the spectrum. But for the average person, you do want to stay relatively lean as long as it's not prohibiting from you getting stronger. And you feel like you are suffering and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it right now. So you want to be as lean. Doesn't mean you have to have your abs showing or ripped, whatever. It's just the idea is that you want to be so comfortable where you're feeling happy with your body weight. You're confident in the way that you look. You're performing well in the gym, but you're not carrying excessive amount of body fat. Because the other end of the spectrum, again, some old schoolers will think, well, I got a bulk. So they'll gain maybe 15 to 20% of maybe their last contest weight. But then typically, if you're a natural competitor, you're just going to have to work extra, extra hard. And most likely, by gaining that excessive amount of weight, you're not gaining muscle. And even if you have, when you start dieting down, you're going to be losing muscle tissue. That's inevitable. You know, the key to muscle, I'm sorry, the key to natural bodybuilding is holding on to as much muscle as possible. That's why long diets or giving yourself more time, giving yourself that extra month or two that you probably don't think you need is important along with allowing, you know, blips to happen and all that, you know, I'm not going to go into contest prep, but you understand my point. You want to find your happy weight. You know, the key word is happy so that you look good. You feel good. You feel confident. You're proud of the way you look, but not ex having excessive amount of body fat on you. And again, if you prepped in a way that you gave yourself more time, more flexibility with the foods, you're going to come off of the diet and you're going to be in a much better place to find that happy weight. Now me, I can, I can give you, I have two happy weights. <laughs> One is my heavy happy weight. And I might have discussed this about my contest prep uh, podcast from last week where low 160s, mid 160s is my heavy happy weight. And I can hold that, you know, yeah, I'm carrying excess body fat, but you know, whatever. I could be as low as low 152 around that area, and I'm still as strong as I am 10 pounds heavier. So that is my ideal happy weight where I'm, I'm looking good, and I'm feeling good, and most importantly, performing well in the gym. But then I cross that barrier where I drop down to 150, 149, 
And then the effects of prep really kick in. So that's that, you know, fine line, that threshold that everyone learns. So if you're a few pounds over the threshold of feeling like shit, then that's ideal for you. And sometimes it does take a couple preps and a few rounds and months to figure it out. But the bottom line with the diet is to be happy. You know, have the sustainability that you can have year-round so you are looking good and feeling good and not slowing down your progress. So something in between of gaining excess amount of weight and being too lean. So the third point is lifestyle. Now, lifestyle basically is a summary of what you've been doing, you know, your workouts, your diet, but most importantly is how you handle life stuff. And if you're a client of mine, you've heard me say this, you know, or if you're a long-term client, you know, sometimes you'll repeat the words, yeah, Joe, this past week I had a lot of life stuff going on. And what is life stuff? Life stuff basically means when there are things popping up that you have no control over. And as a bodybuilder, that's tough because it's all about being in control. I'm not going to kid you. But to be successful and have longevity in bodybuilding, you're going to have to deal mentally with life stuff and not let it get down too far, you know, get too low or too high. So it's all about staying in the middle. So, for example, you know, holidays or special occasions. And if you're not in prep, you don't sweat it, you know, don't sweat the small stuff because if you're going out to a wedding or a holiday party or a birthday party or whatever it is, you know, there's tactics of going away around it. But the best tactic is enjoy yourself because if you have already a good relationship with food, and I like to think most of my clients do, you know, following my philosophies, you'll see the food, you go out to dinner, you'll enjoy it, but it's not going to be an all big freaking blowout where like you gotta shovel it all in your mouth because you have that better relationship with your diet so the life stuff that happens when it comes to meals and occasions it's not going to beat yourself up you know that's it takes training it takes time but with the proper attitude and realizing that you know what this meal is not going to throw me off i'll get back onto my normal plan the next day and just not overcompensate because again that's not too good but you just ride it out and the things will lead you know get back on normal track again like when people go on vacations if someone is like nailing their plan they're at their happy weight they go away for a week and then it might be three or four pounds up well my phrase that i always tell my clients is that since you've been doing so good i can guarantee that easy gain will be an easy loss in a matter of a week to two weeks they're back where they were before and that's because their lifestyle going into the vacation was a positive one. So they're going to rebound quicker and not getting excited over food. They're enjoying what it brings. So to me, having that mental attitude and willingness to let life stuff happen and not worry, you're going to have greater longevity in bodybuilding. So to me, that's super important. And again, I mean, a life stuff is not always about food. You know, it could be traumatic events uh for example you know well not traumatic but getting sick so you might miss a workout but again the same principle applies that you know let your body heal you're not going to miss out you know because a matter of days you're gonna when you start feeling better your strength's going to come back it's not about overcompensating doing more cardio that's just stupid 
but other life events, life stuff, you know, losing a, a close one, which I recently went through, you know, which was a tough situation. And, you know, I didn't work out for about 10 days, but I didn't beat myself up over it. It was just, it is what it is. I pick up the pieces and you move on. But, you know, job change, career change, you know, family, whatever it is, you know, you can think of are all examples of life stuff. So how we deal with it for all the days that we're not having life stuff events, you're training your body, training your mind, you're in a good spot. So when it happens, and it's going to happen, you just roll with it and you deal with it and you don't sweat it, okay? Don't sweat the small stuff. You see the trend here. So the other thing in the last one I'm going to talk about, about, you know, having longevity in a bodybuilding career, and it's more like today's world of bodybuilding. You know, you've heard me say before, I started working out in the 80s, it was a different world, and even in the 90s before the internet is where I gained a lot of my knowledge, but it wasn't internet driven, it was books and magazines and self-taught and just doing tons of different stuff, is that you remember that you have to do it for yourself. I did a Facebook post the other day that got nice reaction. And if you're in a rut or if you're getting caught up in social media and feeling like you need more likes on a picture or comparing yourself to others, you got to go back and remind yourself why you started in the first place. Why did you start this career, not career, but why did you start lifting weights? Why did you start eating healthier? You know, it's all because you wanted to better yourself. You know, it's not because you you want all the accolades on stage. You want to be that show pony that always competes so you can get more social media and promote this and that. That's not what longevity, that's not what a bodybuilding successful career is. No, it's about self-improvement. And self-improvement sometimes can get lost in today's day and age with social media and, you know, all the fast pace of instant gratification through the internet and searching and comparing. That's not what it's about. If that's what's driving you, then I think you need to rethink things because you're going to, you're going to fade out really fast. You're going to have excess anxiety and stress that's unneeded, which is not healthy for your body. And eventually it's going to blow up in your face and you're going to say, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's all because you are focusing on negative things that are not going to be positive in your life so you can have that longevity. So if you find yourself getting there, do me a favor and tell yourself and remind yourself why you started weight training. You know, I, I, I'm guilty of this once in a while and... To me, when I take myself back to when I first started working out in my parents' gym, just with the barbells and the bench and nothing fancy, you know, it was the smells. It was listening to certain music, you know. So it's like I'll reset my mind and like, you know what, that's why I, I did this because when I was doing that weight training, my body responded, you know, it was like an addiction and that was it. And I left it there, Okay. I didn't carry on with it any further or, or anything. You know, maybe I had it easier because there's no social media. And that to me is what's so important because weight training and bodybuilding is a big part of our lives, but 
It shouldn't be our life all the time. So let me repeat that because this is a good way of finishing up this podcast. And it's only because I've seen this with people that I've worked with for many years or had great success, you know, on stage or off stage, is that it's a big part of your life where you are focusing on your diet, flexibility, weight training, you know how to deal with light stuff, life stuff, but it's not your entire life. You know, too much of anything is not a good thing, right? Because you burn out. And that's what ties into social media. You know, give yourself a break from the social media. Remind yourself why you first started and you'll be on a better path. So guys, I'm going to wrap this one up. I hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or concerns, please email me at fitfranco@verizon.net. Please look at all the podcasts that I've done. If you enjoyed this one, I would appreciate if you would share it on social media platforms so you can pass on my philosophies if you think it's worth it. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Take care.